think I got everything. What's up, everybody? It is I, IBS Jesus or IBN Jesus. I kind of work on that rebranding. With me is Joe the Brain Mats, which I don't know why he won't put that as his Twitter handle. <laughs> I think he just doesn't want to give me credit. Uh, but we are back. Um, last week, we didn't do a Sunday show because I had to work, um, which obviously you guys will see that throughout the year. I work like once every once every like month on a weekend. But um, we're going to do the AFC and NFC North divisions today. And then um, we'll I'll discuss with him after the show. We'll try to get back together on Sunday and, and run through another uh, division as well. So we will start with the AFC uh, and then the like just a quick overview of, of what to expect this year as far as strength of schedule, which some people take a lot of stock into that. And then um, we'll just go by each team. Obviously, the better teams we'll spend more time with. <laughs> but um, if there's something interesting, um, we will definitely try to discuss it. And, and you know, the AFC North will be one of those divisions, I think, that we'll, we'll probably have a little bit of debate on um, who we expect to win it. Uh, so without further ado, we'll get into it. AFC North, Bengals uh, f- finished first last year. Um, followed by the Steelers, Browns, then the Baltimore Ravens, who were just devastated by injury. If you look at their strength of schedule um, this year, the Bengals' strength of schedule uh, overall is uh, 53% of their the like the teams that they play. 50, they won 53% of their games. Steelers come in second with 51. Uh, Browns are at 49. And then, believe it or not, the Ravens have the weakest strength of schedule this year, which is – Interesting, I think it's it's that last place schedule. I mean, that's that's the beauty of when you finish last place, especially now with the seventeenth game, they get to play three last place teams that the rest of their division does not get to see. So that's why there's that big gap between them and the rest. You you think they they did that intentional? What the Ravens? Yeah, <laughs> just, just I mean, if you, if you have the opposite. Uh, vibe on going for two as Harbaugh and I do, then you could argue that maybe he was purposely blowing those games at the end. But The Ravens, to say they were devastated by injury last year would be an understatement. Yeah. Uh, at one point, they had 25 players on injured reserve. That's, that's offense and defense on injured reserve. Uh, I don't think at any point last year in the season they had their starting offensive line all together, unless it was maybe the first couple games. Uh, to add insult to injury, no pun intended, they ended up losing Lamar Jackson at yeah. some point in the season as well. Uh, nobody could stay healthy except for, I guess, Hollywood Brown, and he's not even there this year. So, um, I mean, to to talk about Baltimore, the, the biggest thing, obviously, I think everybody would agree on is that they have to stay reasonably healthy this year oh for sure i mean just just for historical context football outsiders tracks they have a metric adjusted games lost which tracks how many you know games you lost from guys who are expected to be starters they had the most they're the most injured team in the last 20 years according to football oh, for sure. and it's not close they lost an extra 20 games compared to anyone else over that time span so this is the most injured team I mean, of shoot two thirds of my lifetime. So, <laughs> like so, the, historically ravaged by injuries. So it's the most, most injured team that I've seen. Yeah, like ever. 
for sure. And and the Niners had uh, a thing with injuries for for a while last year too, but it was mostly before the season started. Well, but it was, the Niners in twenty twenty are actually the uh, third most injured team on this list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Giants yeah. are twice in the three times in the top ten. So you and I we have experience with this. Yep. Un- unlike the Giants, and much like San Francisco last year, I expect a very strong bounce back. Yeah, I do too. Um, and, and it doesn't come without some distractions. Uh, one being the contract of Lamar Jackson. Um, there are reports that they offered him like forty-three million a year, and he's turned it down. I mean, if that is indeed true, like, what more do you want, bro? <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if because you know sometimes with these contracts, um, it, it comes down to like in Dak Prescott's case, it was just a matter of the years. Like he wanted five, yeah. I think, and they were trying to give him four or something, something like that. Um, so I totally get. Um, that perspective if that is the case but 43 million is 43 million man like that's i think that's a fair value uh for him um given the accolades that he's had the success that this franchise has had with him at quarterback um his limitations as a as a passer um i think everybody's still trying to give him at least one more year to figure it out And, and even with that most of the blame is falling on greg roman so he he to me, I, and I was on some threads arguing about it too. I think that's a fair value for today's market. I mean, it's just, I mean, it sounds crazy, I think, because this, the NFL cap has skyrocketed over the last yeah. 10, 15 years. So it's like all of us played Madden all those years, and it's like you were paying a guy 20 million. It felt like a lot. And now and this is just going right. It is what it is. And I mean, if anyone's paying attention to this, it's like every time we announce one of these, people are like, oh, that's crazy. And then three years from now, he'll be the ninth highest paid quarterback. So the idea that like this destroy it only destroys you if the guy isn't a top 10 quarterback. And based on what we've seen so far, I think Lamar Jackson, you know, is, is he top five? Probably not, but he's in that top 10 range. And I mean, yeah, the question is, can he give you that little extra as a passer that we haven't seen? Because this was the number one seed two years ago. And I don't think he got worse as a passer since then. But I don't think the idea that this team can't win with him, that's kind of crazy to me. Again, like Peyton Manning, I don't think he won a playoff game to like year five or six. Yeah, so, I'm not, I'm not entertaining that. I'm not entertaining that. Um, the, the passing game-wise, or him as a passer, um, I scouted him when he came out of college. And uh, based on what I've seen, as uh like him as a passer it hasn't gotten any better hasn't gotten any worse i i personally still think that they could scheme it a little better a lot of his passes um and the and the scheme in louisville uh seemed to be more catered to him throwing inside the numbers not just to the tight end but just more less vertical routes and more Routes going either post slants, digs, ends, things like that, that were bringing people back across the field, making it easier for him to read. If he has to scramble, giving him access to people that he knows is going to be coming within his field of vision, things like that. Um, I've had one-on-one battles with Ronnie about Greg Roman for probably six years now, since I came in the group, actually. Um, and I'm well documented on saying that for some reason he, he gets stale. Um, within three years, typically, he just his offense goes stale. He did that it in San Francisco. Hit. He did it in Buffalo. He's doing it now in Baltimore. 
and his passing game doesn't have a lot of creativity. The routes are pretty simple. I don't think he's catered to any of his quarterback strengths when he's had them as passers. And um, he does tend, because he did it with Kaepernick too, he just tends to want to go vertical. But in today's game, like, I mean, we, we see guys like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, they can throw the ball down the field, but that is not the basis of their passing attacks typically. They're uh, usually guys working in space, and it just doesn't seem like Greg Roman has has comprehended that this is today's NFL. People operate in space. You get your playmaker the ball, you get them the ball quickly, and then you let them make plays. He still has this kind of throwback mentality where he thinks he's got four to five seconds for routes to develop and things like that. But according to reports and um, Greg Roman himself, um, he's working directly with Lamar um, to come up with a better scheme, um, work, work on plays and things like that, that will benefit him. I think that's the biggest question uh, for the Ravens as a team, not necessarily what they'll do with defense because they do have some defensive questions as well, but given their history, I fully expect them to figure that part out. Um, health was an issue with that as well. But with the offense, can they take the next step as a passing offense? Because we know the running offense will be there. They don't have Hollywood Brown anymore, but they still need to um, come up with some kind of consistency in the passing attack. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that You know, up. What, what he specializes in is throwing over the middle. That's why Mark Andrews is by far his favorite target. So I do think Rashad Bateman – is a better fit with Lamar Jackson than Hollywood Brown was because he's a guy who can win over the middle. He's a sharp route runner. What was interesting about their draft is, you know, they obviously traded Marquise. They had 11 draft picks. They took no wide receivers. They took two tight ends. So that suggests to me that they might be, as much as it wouldn't be nice to see them work in space more, it seems like they're doubling down, that we're going to see a lot more two and three tight end sets. But they're in... Isaiah Likely and Charlie Collar, they got tight ends that are pretty good pass catchers. So I'm wondering if they're just trying to give them better options when they go heavy in the passing game. I still think there's limitations there that, you know, if you go heavy, you condense the field. So it's going to be a continued issue. But maybe that, that if those guys pan out, it gives you just enough of an edge where you can continue with that system and win. But I, I do think this is going to be the best team in the division in large part just because they're going to be so much oh, help. Oh, man, here. you're no fun. <laughs> I <laughs> was going to pick them. Listen, there's a We're worst, supposed to say that a, to the end, too. There's a worst of first team every single year. This yeah. feels almost too obvious, but I just don't want to overthink it. I'm a big Jim Harbaugh believer, or John Harbaugh believer. I'm less of a Jim Harbaugh believer. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think this is a really smart run team. I do think – though it's the question of the ceiling if roman and jackson figure it out this is a legit super bowl contender if they don't this is still a playoff team maybe they finish second i i don't think they finish worse than second unless they get ravaged by injuries again but they're in the hunt it's the question of can the passing game take that next step all right uh First thing first, Dalton, I disagree. I think Bateman's a good receiver. I just think we haven't had an opportunity to yeah. see his skill set. I think him, him, his build and his skill set are perfect for somebody like uh, Lamar Jackson because he's going to fight for the ball. He's a bigger target, and um, he's not afraid to go across the middle. Um, but obviously Andrews is who he's most comfortable with. But 
I think a lot of that comes from the fact that Andrews works within the hashes and Lamar, that's what he sees. That's his field of vision. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to knock him, but he's just comfortable throwing there. I mean, it was all over it, all over his film. Uh, When he was in um, Louisville, the better passes coming out of the RPO sets and and play actions and, and just him in general as a playmaker, when he bought time, he typically went back to the, in between the hashes was the targets that he was trying to throw to. Um, and then as far as this comment, we both know that's not true. I'll just talk to you offline. You you know for a fact that's not true. What what throwback ability does Kaepernick have and, and Lamar Jackson? They would have been receivers or running backs or practice squad if it was back in the day. They wouldn't even get in the wouldn't even gotten a chance to play because they can run fast and people would have been like, Oh, you're too fast to play quarterback. Well, Bill Polian already told us that what he thought. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Lamar was not playing QB for the Colts. Back oh, then. wait. All right. Sorry. Here we go. If he gets still in three years, why do you not come in years one and two? Because I know it's coming. <laughs> the is in every year coming. one was great. They just, yeah. Some bad luck in that Titans game. A few plays go differently. Yeah, nah, it was, that was that, that was. I think they just got blitzed in that. Uh, before we switch over to the next team, I do want to touch on the defense though because it needs to be said. Uh, one thing that really hurt the Ravens' defense outside of their injuries last year was that um, if anybody's ever watched the the Ravens, you know very well they are the modern version of Engage Eight on every third down, basically. And and you can get away with that when you have corners that can cover. Right. Or if you have a good pass rush, they did not have a good pass rush last year. Even before the injuries, it just was not a good pass rush. They didn't get the uh, the pressure that they typically get. That really hurt them, um, which obviously didn't help their corners either, who didn't have a lot of help from time to time. So they gave up a lot of big plays, uh, especially to our buddy over in Cincinnati, just absolutely destroyed them. So, um, I expect that to change just a little bit. Hamilton is not gonna, he's not, he's not gonna be the he's not gonna be Ed Reed, put it that way. He's not gonna be Ed Reed, but they can do a lot with him. They can move him around. Um, and he's a heat-seeking missile. I expect him to go back to being a physical defense first, and that'll take care of everything else type approach. But well, they also changed up defensive coordinators. So Don Martindale yeah. on. He's now with the Giants, which I'm afraid we're going to see a similar thing to the Ravens defense last year with the personnel New York has. But, yeah, I think you'll probably see – I think you're still going to see a heavy blitzing team. I mean, you should be if you have the best set of DBs in the NFL. But I don't think it's going to be – I think if they're playing Cincinnati, they'll probably be more likely to switch it up and not just decide to do engage eight when Joe Burrow is picking them apart. So I do think there will be a little more variance with what we see from that defense. I'm starting a campaign to end cover zero as we know it in the NFL. Um, I'm just waiting until Sundays to to really bring that up every single week. Just stop. Just stop. Even in preseason, even in your, your dual practices, just take that completely out of the playbook for every single team in the NFL. You cannot do it anymore. You just can't. You definitely can't do it. Against anymore. a top 10 quarterback. I'll, I'll, put it, I'll, I'll put a disclaimer. Against a top 10 quarterback, you cannot run engage eight. It's just not going to work. Um, this is the next question for you, for me. Over under 9.5 is what the Ravens are sitting at. Uh, the over is minus 166. The under is plus 135. What do you think? I, this is an easy over for me. Yeah. 
I, I think it's the easy over two. Well, again, we said this is a team that's getting the easiest schedule in the division. I think I think you could you know argue our, who's better than or Cincinnati. It's very close, but they they get games against the Giants and Jags, and Cincinnati gets games against the Titans and the Cowboys. Like there's a pretty significant difference and, just and in the, the Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, give, give me the Ravens on the over. I think I think they're hitting eleven or twelve. So I like it easy. If you have not used this yet, now's a great time. Uh, we actually do have a group sponsor, mybookie.ag. Uh, you can use promo code ABBYSports, and they will hook you up with a nice little rollover package and bonus match as well. Um, also, just I guess it's not off the record since we're on live. It's a lot better than FanDuel if you don't want to claim it on your taxes. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> moving on. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. The Bengals. Everybody loves them, man. Talk of the town. Joe Burrow and whatever you want to call them. They almost got there. They almost got there. They almost got all the way. Um, they were the – I think they were the surprise last year. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think it's much else up yeah. for a debate. Uh, I did have the, the Cardinals as a, as a second surprise because of how well they did. But the fact that the Bengals got all the way to the Super Bowl obviously gets them um, – Let's them take the cake. They were ten and seven, uh, four and two in their division last year, and that's primarily what what bolstered them uh, to the front. Um, my big thing from last year going into this year that I I wanted to touch on with the Bengals. It's odd to say because Mixon's numbers are not that bad, but they were not a good running team. No, um, I think they need to run the ball better this year, and I know we're in a different we're in a different time. Um, running backs don't matter as, as, as Ronnie has convinced everyone in, in the group. Correctly convinced everyone. Yeah. Yeah. All y'all, all y'all nerds running backs don't matter. Um, I still somewhat disagree with that notion. However, using the running game can help, especially when you got a quarterback that takes a lot of hits. Uh, Joe Burrow, it doesn't matter what they do with the offensive line. He's still, I just think that's who he is. He's just tough and, and not very, he just he's just wild, you know, reckless. That'd be a good example, reckless. Um, and he's take he takes a lot of hits, so you kind of want to not put him in situations where he's got to take unnecessary hits on a regular basis. Would love to see them use Mixon more in the running game. I think he's definitely a dynamic back, probably somewhat underrated uh, in what he does for this team. So that was basically the biggest thing for me with them is that they. I, I think they just need to figure out a way to become a more consistent running game. Yeah, I don't know that they should run more. I mean, actually, if you if you look last year, the first 10, 12 weeks, Cincinnati was actually running pretty heavily because Joe Burrow is still kind of coming back off that injury. He wasn't feeling totally safe, especially behind that line. And he is a guy who just likes to hold the ball as well. So I don't know that it's running the ball more. I actually think they'll pass more, and they should with – who they have, but I, I agree. It should, they need to be more effective when they do. It. Yeah. That maybe apply it more effectively. Maybe that's a better way to say it. And then I also think this is a team where normally a team like this makes a jump and you're like, all right, this is a team that will regress. They're going to come back a little, they might be 500, but the, the, you know, the beauty of when you hit on that QB on the rookie contract, they had a ton of money to spend. And a lot of that money went to the offensive line. They have three new starters. The two guys who aren't new starters are both, are Jonah Williams, who's a first-round draft pick, and Jackson Carmen, who's a second-round draft pick. So they got 
high draft picks and guys they brought in like Leo Collins from Dallas. And this offensive line is the most improved in the NFL. So that's going to make a big difference for Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow. So I think this offense is going to be elite. I think the question is just, does the defense look like it did in the playoffs? In which case, this could be yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. Or are they the, the team we saw for most of the year, which is fine, like an okay defense. But if they're that, then yeah, I think they finish second. They're a good playoff team. But the defense is whatever it was at the end. Yeah, man, maybe we see the Bengals make back-to-back Super Bowls, which would be, I guess, um, on par for the 2020s and how crazy these years have been. The defense was was one of those defenses that if you probably looked at, like, advanced numbers, like if you broke it down to an analytical standpoint, they were probably a lot better than what they look like on, like, base terms, like simple terms, like yeah. how many sacks did they get and things like that. I'm, I feel like they were good in spots during the regular season when they needed to be for the most part. And then when the playoffs came, man, I mean, they were just a totally different team, um, which – a lot of that probably had I mean, to do with momentum, but even even the Kansas City game, it's a tale of yeah. two halves. Where the first yeah. half, Mahomes is doing whatever he wants. The second half, and what they didn't score until what like the last drive of that game, right? To tie it, if I remember yeah. right. Like it, it was, I've never seen something switch like that. I, I guess the Patriots against Mahomes. So that one was the reverse the couple years before, where they didn't score for a half, and then he was lights out in the second. So. Yeah, I mean, they came up big in a lot of spots. They just couldn't stop Cooper Cup like everyone else in the NFL. All right, you mean Aaron Donald? Well, that too, but I mean, they had oh, the sorry. sorry, I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. Sorry. the end. I know everybody loves, everybody loves offense. Everybody loves offense. That's great. But uh, the unstoppable force that is Aaron Donald is what actually won that well, game. So. we already talked about how the offensive line is trash. Right? I'm just saying. There's, there's I no mean, chance. whoever they picked up ain't stopping them still. So, it, I mean, I'm not worried about that. They, they got to <laughs> slow them down for a tenth of a second longer. and then yeah, Collins back. might get a hand on them. You know, he might. He might. Uh, but, he'll, get, he'll get in the way, which is more than the team was doing last year. But the, the Bengals is in general, like, they're one of those teams that if, if they – again, everybody's going to be if they stay healthy. But – Literally, don't change nothing that you did last year. That was a winning formula. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, what I, they did the second half of last year in the playoffs, continue to do. I will yeah. say, I'm still a little bit of a Zach Taylor skeptic. We'll see. You know, Maybe he proves me wrong this year. Maybe he is a legit coach. I mean, I, I guess the McVay tree has been largely successful so far. But He's got your boy on it. I wish you would slander Zach Taylor because I would love to bring that up. <laughs> I, I, I love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase. I love Higgins. I think – but my my biggest question mark now that the offensive line looks like it should be good is Zach Taylor. Well, yeah, and um, I think they dealt with some some shuffling last year on the offensive line as well too. Zach Taylor did the best that he could with what he had. I think he. I think if you look back at what the talent was on that team as a total, and you look at what they did, even if you just take out the playoffs, if you just look at the regular season, yeah, they did well. I, yeah, I think he maximized their potential. Um, they they were very good on the road, which is something that you don't typically see with the team so young. Um, and I think last year's experience is really going to help them. But what's going to hurt them this year, I think, is their strength of schedule is a lot tougher. Um, and their road games are a lot tougher. And they're against more seasoned teams on the road this year. And um, it, it's going to be a grind. I think they had d- – dealing with the Ravens injuries um, – 
Baker Mayfield not being as good as he should have been, 80-year-old Big Ben. Yeah. I mean, they kind of had it easy in their division last I mean, year. I, I guess the question here is, though, I mean, if Deshaun potentially misses the entire season, did those teams really get better? I mean, I guess Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter if Deshaun doesn't. Probably if if Deshaun better. comes back in six games, the Browns didn't get better. Right. So that, that, that's my question is, I mean, I definitely think their schedule got harder. I'm looking at football outsiders. They had them with the 30th schedule last year and their projection is the sixth hardest schedule this year. Yeah. So that's a huge jump. But within the division, I don't know that it's significant. I guess the Baltimore being healthy is a pretty big difference. Yeah. But Baltimore being healthy. The other two, I don't know that it's a huge change. I mean, I think Pittsburgh, I don't know. I think Pittsburgh would be a better team. I don't know if they're going to finish with a better record, but. I think Big Ben was that bad. They will be better. I just don't know that it's a huge jump, though. Well, I say the Browns didn't necessarily get better, but they match up well against the Bengals still. Their defense matches up well against the Bengals' offense. And they can. I think the Browns can make it an ugly game, slow it down, and, and, and play a different style that I don't think the Bengals are quite accustomed to um, or would prefer, and that could essentially give them at least a split there which um, would go a long way because then they got to beat Baltimore twice. Um, and then, you know, Pittsburgh, I expect them to at least split there. Just depends on who the quarterback is. Yeah, I think with Cincinnati, I think they definitely are getting three wins in division. But, yeah, do they have enough to sweep one of these teams? Because that could be the difference between playoffs or no playoffs. Or division or no division. Well, yeah, division. I mean, they'll probably still make – they should still make the playoffs. I mean, it's seven teams, spot. but yeah. it's – um, there are there are a number of teams in the AFC where if you put them in the NFC, I'd be like playoff lock, top two seed probably. The Bengals and Ravens are both teams I feel like that. But like if you put them, if you put either of these teams in the NFC East, they'd be like, well, they're running away with this. Division. Oh, well, yeah, that's teams. Yeah. And even all the other ones, you'd be like, well, I, it's the depth in the AFC. I think is so much greater. I think there's like eight teams you look at in the NFC, and you're like, those teams are pretty good. And you look at the other eight, and you're like, they're crap. Like maybe one of them surprises us, but it's pretty, pretty bad. Where there's a whole division in the AFC where you could argue every one of those teams should make the playoffs in the West. So there's a lot of competition. Over under nine and a half for the Bengals. I mean that's where that line should be. Um, I my lean is towards the over. I think they probably get to ten, but. What, what's what's the payout for the over on that? Uh, the over is uh, minus one thirty four. The under is plus one ten. I'm gonna take the under. I, that's a stay away, really, for me. But if I'm yeah. if I have to take one, it's the over. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm just picking. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. Betting, but. I, well, the Ravens. I would say if you want to bet season long bets, I would take that bet. Whereas this one, I would steer clear. I'm only taking the under because I I am not confident that Joe Burrow makes it through the season. I just don't. I think he takes too many hits. I know he's tough, but I feel like there's going to be some some issues, man. Um, and I always go back to that one play uh, in the Super Bowl, which to me defines who he is as a player, where he just gave himself up to get hit by Aaron Donald in the back when he was going to the sideline instead of just getting down or really hustling out of bounds. Oh. And I'm like, yo, he just – to me, he still does that. He still just takes unnecessary hits, man, like – like he's gonna fight for extra yards and times when he could just get down and let Joe Mixon or somebody get that on the next play. Like he's just his his greatest asset is also his greatest downfall. And um, if you know, I think we'll be able to tell that by week three. Like if he's changed mentally, like if he's gonna start or stop taking so many hits. 
Um, if he can stay upright, yeah, they'll, they'll get the over probably. Yeah. But if he can't stay upright, which, like I said, it, it's not always on sacks. Like quarterbacks get hit on a regular basis, so I just get a little worried about him. Well, um, they open up with Pittsburgh, so that's a good team to uh, gauge yeah. whether or not he's going to be playing smart in regards to that. The Browns. Oh man, we could just go on and on and on and on and on about the Browns. They don't even have an over under because they don't know what's going to happen with right. uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, but if I, if Watson well, plays, I would probably think it'd be like eight and a half. I mean, I guess it depends on how many games he plays, but just your best guess over under the eight wins they had last year. Oh. Yeah, that's true, but but the only problem with that is is that like how I don't know how much odds makers value Deshaun Watson like, and we don't have much to see from preseason, but but the right. five throws that we saw already didn't look good at all. I doubt it's going to hit much better than that. I was very pleased. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm like I'm like I don't I don't know exactly what they would do. They they won eight games last year. That's why I was saying like eight and a half, maybe nine. Yeah. The, the other thing is we don't know what they do if it comes down that it's staying with the full season. Like, do they do they become the team that makes a Jimmy G trade? I don't think they make a Jimmy G trade just because it one, like, what does yeah. that do for for your locker room? Uh, I mean, yeah, well, it, it helps, full, it helps you guys be competitive. But full season, if it's a full season, I think it maybe makes sense. If it's twelve games, I think you just say we ride with Brissett for twelve games and then see okay. what happens. Uh, right, those are the options. That's why I'm saying if it's a full season, I kind of, I mean, I guess they've already traded a bunch of picks to get Deshaun in the first place, but I might give it a go with Jimmy G. I I highlighted uh, Kareem Hunt status, um, and I need to change the the banner. Sorry, but Kareem Hunt, um, Kareem Hunt, like just I haven't heard a lot of positive things uh, from him or his camp or his agent or whoever's talking on his behalf he doesn't seem happy about his contract status and he's a running back and the league is definitely quick to discard you as a running back there's um, no reason to pay Kareem. i mean they have to and that's, that's fine that's, again that's fine that's fine but i'm just saying if you're looking to extend your career and you're kareem hunt they got nick chubb they don't need me bro because <laughs> because in this case less is more you'll get paid more if you don't touch the field and risk getting hurt. Um, because I mean we know he's talented. Yeah. But no. Nick, Nick Chubb is the is the workhorse and and they've already they used uh Dearness Johnson last year. So yeah, he was he looked I mean this is one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Yeah, so, so any decent running back should be able to run in Stefanski's system with this offensive line. I'm not a big Stefanski fan, but I did like their defense last year, obviously highlighted by Miles Garrett. Who is a beast, and I fully expect him to continue to be a beast. They will need him to be a beast. Uh, their secondary is is going to be tough. I think, I think they will be the most physical defense on the on the field in that division until the Ravens figure out what they're going to do over the Steelers uh, as well. Though, yeah, I think right. I think they will. Yeah, I mean, this is this might be the best defensive division. In the end, I probably I don't I can't even think of another division actually that comes close when you look at all four teams. These are all average or better defenses, and I think yeah, I think two or three of them have a shot to be elite. So uh, Stefanski falls into the Roman thing a little bit for me, where I love the run scheme, 
And then when it comes to the pass game, like I, he didn't do any of the stuff that Baker Mayfield, I mean, granted Mayfield sucked last year, partially because of the injury, but Mayfield is a guy who functions best when, again, you spread out the field. You put three wide out there, you give him room to work. And Stefanski likes his like double tight end set. So, yeah. I don't know. Baker has some fundamental flaws too, but he's, yeah, he, should be, yeah. he should be happy where he's at in Carolina. They seem to know more about what to do with that type of player. So, uh, but yes, yeah, Stefanski is set in his ways. Um, which should be interesting because Deshaun Watson doesn't come from a, a compact set either. No, he does not. <laughs> like, I mean, that's he not really his Brian for years. Yeah, so, yeah but, but Bill, to his credit, Bill had an offense designed for Deshaun Watson that catered to his skill set. Um, I know I trashed Deshaun Watson coming out of college for several reasons. Um, just had a vendetta against him. And um, Corey and I used to argue about him all the time. And uh, I did. I did give credit to O'Brien and uh, Watson for working out a system and a scheme that was comfortable for him and, and executing it at a high level. So Stefanski, again, I don't know why some of these guys, I mean, the league is a copycat league. They'll copy everything, but for some reason when people come from one scheme to another and it's obvious that they thrived in that first scheme, they just won't piggyback the scheme. They'll just try to reinvent the wheel or, or force the person into what they think they should do. And, right. and uh, it's the classic square peg round. Hole. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, well, we'll see eventually. It may or may yeah, not be this year. If I guess, it, it, you know, not to spend too much time on it, but if Watson comes back after six games um, and I would give him maybe a month to kind of get his feet under him, that leaves him with like seven games. If they don't make the playoffs, it's the fancy's probably getting axed. I don't think they're going to have a, Really? I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to have um, a lot of patience with him. They just think about the last couple of years, and then the fact that they had Baker Mayfield, and they they just didn't do anything with that. And then you go out and you sell your soul, literally, for Deshaun Watson, sure. and then you get him, and and this guy's not maximizing his talents, and well, you're paying him two hundred and thirty million dollars. I mean, it, it played out where they he only missed the first six, which includes Carolina, the Jets, and Atlanta. So that's they should be able to win. A, I think they should at least get through five hundred, even Not without Watson through those first six. Sucks. Well, I mean, Baker sucked last year, so they still won eight. But yeah. uh, so I, if he missed the six games, then sure, I, I could see what you're saying that like if they miss the playoffs and Deshaun Watson's playing 10, 11 games. Then I could see him getting fired. I think Deshaun's going to miss at least three months, if not the entire season. If that happens, Stefanski's got this is like, unless they go like two and 15, he's back next year. Like, the, I don't see why they're not, they would have patience to wait to see what his his offense looks like with Deshaun. So it all depends. If they miss the playoffs and Deshaun's playing 10, 12 games, he could get fired. But my expectation is we're not, not going to see a lot. Or maybe at all any Deshaun, and so I think Stefanski's he's freed till next year. Then the pressure will be on both of them heavily. But I think you're too much. I think they'd get rid of him. I mean, um, I'm against everyone on this team now, at least who runs the team. <laughs> so I great if he gets fired, but I, I don't see it happening. Steelers over unders at seven and a half. Um, I mean, the number one question is who's going to start at quarterback. Um, and then the number two question is, will they have enough offense to 
take some pressure off of Najee Harris. Um, just to put into perspective what Najee was last year, uh, again, running backs don't matter, people. Keep that in mind now. <laughs> running backs don't matter. However, Najee had the six most carries by a rookie in league history. The six most carries by a rookie. Um, and we're going to end up in a situation where they're going to wear him out like they did Ezekiel Elliott, like they did Christian McCaffrey. They're going to be the talk of the town the first year or two when they're healthy. The only person who ever survives for some reason is, is my boy Derrick Henry. But everybody else usually starts falling apart by year three of carrying the ball 320 times. And they'll be like, oh, running backs don't matter. I mean, he matters enough. He was carrying the team last year. Uh, but they definitely need to figure out a way to um, to take some pressure off of him. I think they could surprise some people um, a little with that offense. I, I think even if they go with Mitch Trubisky, uh, I'm not saying he's great, but I think Mitch is better than the Roethlisberger we saw last year. I think everybody on the roster right now is better than the Roethlisberger that we saw last year. That was That was rough. That was rough. I don't know how they won the games that they won. Uh, it was. I just. I don't know. It was a miracle. I mean, we we talked about this last year, but just for people who haven't listened before or don't remember, Ben Roethlisberger was PFF's worst graded quarterback who qualified. So that's out of thirty-seven quarterbacks. That's worse than Sam Darnold. That's worse than Zach Wilson. That's worse than Davis Mills. The worst quarterback in the NFL last year. And it's not just that he played bad. He had no want to ever turn his back on the defense. And so they ran extremely low amount of play action, which is one of the like cheat codes to the NFL, is you want to run a lot of play action. That's what everyone's realized over the last 10 years. And the Steelers weren't doing it, not because Matt Canada didn't want to do that. He's a guy who, coming in, I was reading about how this guy loves play action. He wants to use a lot of motion. They weren't doing those things because Ben didn't want them. So he was holding back the entire offense in pretty much every way someone can hold an offense back outside of not knowing the playbook. So, yeah, I think Trubisky or Pickett, I think either one will be better than Big Ben last year. The problem yeah. is the offensive line still sucks, though. I mean, that's one of the reasons, in fairness to Ben, he didn't want to turn his back. It's an awful offense. This is a bottom five offensive line last year. I don't think that's going to be different this year. So I, I think they'll be better just because they're again, I think they'll be a more inventive offense, and I think they'll have a QB who can at least move. But I think this is a team that kind of lucked into a lot of wins last year. And so I think they're gonna struggle. They could be a better team, but they're gonna struggle to match the record from last year. Hey, watch your mouth. It wasn't luck, baby. It was coaching. I got the stat here. Hold on. I'm glad you said that. I got was the stat. zero losing seasons. No, no. Where is it? Um, last year in games that were decided by seven points or fewer, That's the Steelers were seven, yeah. one, and one, baby. Seven, yeah. one, and one. That and regression. Then, Get yes. ready for regression. <laughs> I'm just saying. They go 500 this – I mean, again, I think it will be better this year. If but you if go if 500. You, if you put the Lions at seven, one, and one in games like that, they probably make the playoffs last year. I'm just saying. That's, that's, sure. the that's the difference. Absolutely different. So, so – um, I mean, shout out to to my boy, you know, Mike Tomlin, Black Coaches Matter. Um, but shout out to Mike Tomlin and the Steelers because, again, I, I don't know, man. Like, it, I just thought that was painful. I thought Ben should have retired two years ago. He should have. <laughs> it, it was just it was just awful to watch. Um, I also want to take back something that I said earlier. Don't put Mason Rudolph in that. Uh, they, they'll be better 
Oh, no, 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 you're right. Yeah, don't put Mason Rudolph in Let's be clear. If Mason Rudolph has to play, it'll be as bad or worse. Yeah. Rudolph is awful. I'll take that back. Um, One thing that they need to fix on their defensive side is their rushing defense. They were the worst rushing defense in the league, uh, giving up five yards flat a carry. Um, That's pretty bad. And in a division that features the Browns and the Ravens, that is not a good recipe. That is not a good recipe. So um, you want to make sure you you fix that, if anything. The over-under at seven and a half, um, I'm going to pass just because I I need to know who's the quarterback. I just need to know who the quarterback is um, before I do something like that. Let me see. (laughs) Don't hate, bro. Don't hate. (laughs) I think think it ends this year, so RC will be happy. But – just going back to that run defense thing, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a, the Football Outsiders run defense metrics. And so second level and then open field ranks on run defense. So that's once you're getting into the linebacking core and then into the DBs. They're 30th and 32nd. Oh, yeah. So basically, if, t- if you could get past their defensive line, which is actually pretty good, then you had tackling problems on the back end. And yeah. so that, that is something that hopefully – coaching can figure out I, I do think they are a well-coached team but seven and a half again i mean vegas is good at what they do that feels about right i think this is a, i'd lean the over but i think it's a seven or eight so i'm i would also hard pass on this well last year i said they don't win no more than eight games and damn it if they didn't win exactly eight so um it was a little frustrating for me but that was like my money bet it, like Bowley said that when I was half drunk, I was like, still ain't going to win more than eight games. I remember Keith called me crazy. I was, I was so <laughs> angry when they won that last game because I saw the month of the season saying they were finishing eight, eight and one, and they were going to be the first 500 team of the 17 game era. And they blew it and they won, beat the Ravens in overtime. So <laughs> I'll never forgive them. That's right, baby. Never had a losing record. So eat it. Um, Switching over to the NFC North, we will start with everybody's favorite team, but not really, the Chicago Bears. Oh, um, Bears. <laughs> they're a popular team, man. They got we're going to build our way up on this look, division. Look, look, I say they're popular because Bear fans are Bear fans are very dedicated. They keep, no, that, they same, are. I respect they keep that same 80s energy. I, I appreciate it, too. Um, but um, let me just start by saying uh, – I hate it, Matt Nagy. Um, I, I hope he never gets another head coaching job ever again. Um, I just thought he he failed Andy Reid's tree. <laughs> I took it. I took it as an insult. Like I seriously looked at this looked at this dude for the last couple of years and was like, this man got a job, but Eric B couldn't get a job, and and Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Like, how did you share the same room with these people? Like, you look like you've never coach football a day in your life, let alone called an offensive play a day in your life. Like that was my biggest thing. And then they gave him Justin Fields, who I don't care what you say. He's talented and and he couldn't do anything with them. He didn't, he didn't run. uh, I think the the first like six or seven games I was like calling, I was like uh, telling Ronnie that he was sabotaging the kid. I was like, there's no way that, that you could, that this is your scheme. This is your game plan with this type of player with these type of people on your team, I know they're not that talented, but like you wasn't trying to do anything that would benefit the team. It was like you were just 
doing what you thought was best. But you have, I think the, the coaches in today's game who are successful are the ones who realize that they have to utilize their talent. Like you can't just, you can't box people in anymore. Like there's too many athletes in the league. You have to find like things for them to do. Uh, case in point, uh, Kyle Shanahan, not my favorite person, but he's my coach. And um, I like to use him as an example. We got a lot of track guys on the team this year for some reason, like in the preseason. So he has schemed up passing uh, schemes to send more people vertical and run those guys down the field because he's got a fucking quarterback who throws the ball far. So it's like I you can run the Jimmy G offense with Trey Lance, but why would you? Right. And, that, and that's what I was seeing with Nagy. I'm like, you got Justin Fields. Hell, you had Mitch Trubisky. You still wasn't doing – like you could have run the Nick Foles offense with Mitch Trubisky and it should have been fine. And, and Mitch is a better athlete. Like Mitch is a good enough athlete to, to at least move the ball. That was the thing that really irked me is that – they didn't have any consistency in moving the ball at all, no matter who was the quarterback. And it wasn't an execution thing. It was a scheme thing. And so happy to see him go. Uh, they picked up the uh, defense coordinator from the Colts, which is probably a good thing for them. Uh, the biggest pickup for them was uh, getting Getsy, uh, the QB coach, passing game coordinator for the Packers. I think that'll be great for somebody like Justin Fields. So I am – optimistic about what I'm going to see on the field this year. Hopefully it'll be a better product than last year. Don't expect them to be world killers, world beaters, but to get them competitive and moving in the right direction, I think would do good. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I agree with you on the coaching. It's, you know, I, I get annoyed by how often you just hear pundits being like, well, they hired a defensive coach, so they're sabotaging the quarterback. It's like, yeah. It's all right, well, they, they <laughs> stole the QB coach from a division rival. So yeah. or was he the QB coach? I actually might be wrong. Yeah, he was he was QB coach, passing okay. game coordinator. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, they watched the Green Bay system. It's worked pretty well. I'll grant you have Aaron Rodgers, but still, Aaron Rodgers didn't look this way four years ago when he was playing with Mark McCarthy. So I think the system is not, not analytical, Mar- uh, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> if such a thing exists. <laughs> I, I can tell you analytics doesn't tell you to run a QB sneak. With oh, my God. But – but yeah, I, I think I think they have a really smart, adaptable coaching staff. I just don't know what they're doing team building wise. I mean, I don't I don't really care that much about the Raquan Smith stuff. I mean, if you go by PFF, he didn't even play well last year. So mm-hmm. if they're reluctant to play pay a middle linebacker eighteen million dollars. I get it. That's fine. And I, granted, they only had you know three day one and two picks, but in part because they traded for Fields. Mm-hmm. But you use your first two picks on defense. And then the third pick is on a 25-year-old wide receiver. This is a team. Uh, they also lost their best offensive lineman, James Daniels, who actually went to the Steelers, which is one, one guard spot where they'll be better next year for Pittsburgh. But mm-hmm. you, And then Allen Robinson, obviously, he, he needed a new place. That's fine. But they didn't replace him with anybody. This is Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, and at best, a bunch of guys who would be third receivers on another team. I don't even know if they have a guy who should be a third receiver on another team. Byron Pringle, like, what's there to be excited about there? And again, the Fields is going to be running for his life again. So I just, I like the what they did coaching wise with their hires. I don't like what they did team building wise. I know again they had limitations because of the draft picks, and I think they still have a lot of dead money. But Man, I just I feel for Fields because I I think as much as the system might be good, I just don't think the talent around him is good enough. I think this is potentially a bottom five team in the NFL. 
they're gonna it's gonna take time. And like I said, my anybody that's listening, when I say I want to see a team be competitive, that's code for they're not talented. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. if they're I I know that I don't think they had much different I think they actually might have had a better record than Detroit last year. But just watching those yeah, two play last year, Detroit was the team where you felt like, oh, these guys are bringing it every single week. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, they lost a lot of close games. Chicago is having games where they had like, I mean, that one game they gained like fifty-six total yards. Mm-hmm. So if they're even if they go four and thirteen, five and twelve, if it just looks creative again, look a little creative on offense, like you're trying to cater to Justin Fields' talent, and then just be a high-effort team. I think that's all you're trying to see from them. You know, on best-case scenario, actually, might be that they finish like four and thirteen. They can do a trade back next year because everyone's trying to get a QB and they're not. And then you can really hardcore revamp this team next offseason. I think that's that's when you really want to see progress. I think this year you're seeing some progress in fields. That's the only real goal. I don't think you should expect to see a lot of wins. Yeah, yeah. Just like if you're a Bears fan, I would agree. Just look, look to see progress. Look to see, like, you know, the talent that you did invest in is um, well worth it. And then you can work on building around those guys at a later date. Over under at six and a half, uh, minus 161 for the over, plus 131 for the under. I would definitely go for the under. (laughs) I love that under. I'm surprised it's that high. Yeah. I I thought when you said the minus, I was like, oh, the under is like minus 160. Why are are people, is that just, again, Bears fans being Bears fans? They want to be optimists? I mean, no, that doesn't even feel like a Bears fan, fan thing. I feel like Bears fans would be like, we know it's going to be bad. I, I think it's just um, <clears throat> a lot of people are, or odds makers probably really like the hires, um, not really paying attention to the talent, thinking that, hey, this team won six games last year. Um, they got better coaching this year or more optimistic about the coaching this year. So they think that maybe, um, it'll still run into about seven games. But I think um, that this next team is actually going to be a lot better than people are anticipating. And I hate to say it, but it's the Lions. Um, And I think the Lions are going to throw a wrench into that six and a half over anyway. Uh, They were three, 13 and one last year, two and four in the division probably could have been uh, six or seven wins. (laughs) I, I, I made a post about it on week one of preseason. Like, have the Lions lost a game in the last year and a half that didn't come down to a, a field goal uh, or, a, or a last second score by like a drive? Like, they just seem to have a knack for really close games. And as much as I hate Dan Campbell, there is actually evidence that he co- didn't coach that bad last year. Um, and so I can't be but so critical. I, I still think he's. I can't even say he lacks intelligence anymore. Actually, <laughs> I just—I have to get—I have to—I t- have to say I was—I was probably wrong. Um, the proof last year, um, the offense took off after they fired Anthony Lynn. Uh, the play caller after they fired Anthony Lynn, for the most part, was Dan Campbell. Yeah. Um, they really saw it in the running game. Uh, they had 126.8 yards per carry after Lynn left. That was a 36% increase in productivity from their running game uh, with Dan Campbell uh, as opposed to Anthony Lynn, which is wild because if if you looked at Dan Campbell 
didn't didn't actually know him. Just listen to his sound bites, listen to him talk, watch how he operates on the sideline. You would not give him credit for being able to coach offense and formulate sentences at the same time. But he's doing it. Um, and uh, they seem to have some chemistry with uh, the offensive coordinator that they bought in um, to kind of take over the passing game. He, he I think he opened them up a little. Um, so there should be some optimism there uh, for their passing attack. I know um, folks are down on Jared Goff, uh, especially after the Rams won the Super Bowl. But statistically, he wasn't that awful last year. Uh, he, he kept the turnovers down, which is good. Um, and he was, I think it was 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, he's usually like a 50-50 guy uh, or close to 50-50. Like he's just not somebody, I, I always joke and call him a robot. He is kind of, he is kind of a things have to go a certain way. He doesn't make adjustments yeah, yeah. in in between plays. But it seems like, it seems like um, schematically the changes that they made at the land came um, catered to him more. They're getting back um, Akuda, I think it is on um, defense. I'm happy to see that. Hopefully he's playing well. I thought their defense played with a lot of energy, a lot of heart, um, and in games where they were not as talented as the other team case in point that Ravens game, they seem to have the energy, the fire and the effort to um, almost overcome the lack of talent between the two of them. And I think if they carry that over into this year, uh, they'll find themselves more on the winning side of things rather than those heartbreaking losses. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that lost, I think it was four games by a field goal or less. I mean, and that includes like, Baltimore week three. So that's before Baltimore was ravaged by injury. Man, he made like what was it, like a sixty-seven yard, yard field goal. Yeah, yeah. NFL <laughs> record. That's that was that's the Lions season, which shouldn't have counted, by the way. I don't Should, even remember. Was there? Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, it wasn't the time run out. Something happened. Um, where they, I think they. Uh, gave them the play, but it shouldn't have counted. I think it should have been a penalty on the Ravens or something, but. I have to go back and look. And they they lost at Minnesota. I believe that was also a lot, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, last mm-hmm. second field goal by Greg Joseph. So, you know, they, they've played competitive teams well. A number of, you know, they got a couple blowouts in there. But there are a lot of close games they lost. On, if, if Justin Fields was on this team, I'd be all in Lions sleeper team. This is a really good offensive line. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown looked good. Uh, we'll see what happens if Jamison Williams – when he can come back, because I, I think the second half of the year, you put Jamison Williams out there if he's remotely healthy and he's stretching the field. This offense could get interesting. Again, Goff's not – no one's excited about him, but if you can just get him not to kill you, you can stay in games. Um, defensively, I think they are. They're an interesting team. Aaron Glenn had that unit, again, working really hard. Like you said, this was a team that came in with effort every week. And then you, Jeff Okuda was awful as a rookie, missed like all of last season. If he were to bust out year three and play remotely close to the guy people thought he was going to be, and then Hutchinson, if he turns out to be what they want him to be, this defense could be pretty good. This, like when I said earlier, there's a lot of NFC teams, like half the NFC, I just you can write them off. The Giants, Washington, they're going to suck. Bears are going to suck. Panthers, maybe if you like have some super Mayfield belief, but they'll probably suck. Falcons are going to be bad. Seahawks are going to be bad. The Lions are the one team where I think most people are like, they suck. And I'm like, ah, this could be the surprise team. If they like 
If it reverses and they're going six and two in one score games, maybe they win nine. Maybe this is the seven seed in the NFC. I don't know that I bank on that, but it's not. This is kind of the one team where I'm like, there's enough pieces here. If things break right, I could see it. All right, so let me start off by saying we're we're not in the business of hyping up Hutchison or T Rexison as I call him. All right, if you're gonna start talking about how he generates people generates holes and things like that, because I know that's those are the type of stats you like to pull up. Like, look, on 67 percent of his oh, plays, he's getting held. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe he's Max Crosby. All right, maybe yeah, Crosby. yeah, which wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad. But um, I I just also want to point out that I don't blame Makuta. I blame Matt Patricia. And, oh, that's also a good point. Yeah, and and the right. fact that for some reason I think he thought he was, um, it's a family show, but I'll say it thought he was fucking Gilmore, and and he's a rookie. Like, there's a transition, man. Like, you can't. I keep telling people too. You look at the history of the of the um the Patriots defense during Bill Check and Patricia's uh, era. They had veterans as the yeah. island person. They had Revis and those types of guys. They didn't put a fucking rookie on an island. And expect him to do any other things that they got from veterans. Like I just, again, we're talking about bad coaching and stupidity. You just setting the guy up for failure. He was, he was that guy in college. He put him on the island. He did great in college. Did great at Ohio right. State. I thought he was fantastic. But there's still a learning curve to the NFL, and he's going against fucking Devontae Adams, Adam <laughs> Thielen. Like these are these are good. Justin Jefferson. Like, yeah. yeah, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, like he's going against like. Elite receive. There was there's no break except from when he played the Bears. <laughs> there was no break. So I'm like, dude, come on. Like, what did you expect? So yeah, I, Aaron Glenn should be a solid step up for yeah, his yeah, yeah. I And I, and I and I hate that that he kind of before he got hurt, he had this stigma like he's a uh, he's a bust. But it's like mm, I think it's more of the coach and again the scheme um, not catering to the strengths. That defense was was pretty solid last year. The pass rush was pretty solid last year, uh, all things considered. And it should get better with Hutchison. Yeah. Uh, linebackers um, play good. Like I just like if if I'm being if I'm being um, like you know serious, the record doesn't reflect the the team. Like I think they were again like all the close games that they lost and things like that. They could very well have been a seven team win, which. If you look at their record, which means they're twice as good as their record, um, which is why I think they got them at six and a half, because at some point you expect them to overcome those really tight games, to come up with those stops or to to hold on to those leads. If they can keep the robot updated to iOS like 15 or something like that and and, and the, lean on this running game that they have, which is multifaceted, they not yeah. they don't not only just run, they can catch off the backfield too. Um, so – I think, and then they got a really good tight end to to secure some uh, some some drives and and things like that. So there's talent there, uh, and I think it's enough talent that I would be willing to take the over six and a half on the Lions, which is wild to say. But I, I think they'll we'll see them at seven wins. That's probably that's probably a pass for me. Just I think six and six and a half feels right for them. Again, I think the Bears should be like five and a half. But yeah, well, if I take the under on the Bears. If I take the under on the Bears, and I'm assuming that they're going to be at four to five, then I feel like the Lions. I can, I should be taking the over to get to at least seven. Yeah, I mean, now, their team too. Yeah. Or if you look at 
again, this is the Outsiders numbers, fifth hardest schedule last year, projected mm -hmm. to have the 26th ranked schedule this year. Yeah. So that makes a pretty big difference. So I, I can see it. I think seven's a fair guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with you. I'm going to, I'll say the over. Give me seven okay. or one. Packers. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't talk about the Packers, given the history with the Packers over the last, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers' career in the playoffs. But um, at some point, your man's got to show up. You know, he's too talented. He had he had a solid organization, despite McCarthy being a buffoon. Still, as far as consistency goes with coaching, with ownership, with players and everything, like the Packers have been more or less the model franchise in yeah. the NFC. So I feel like it's fair to say that he should have more than one Super Bowl. He really should. That, that's fair to say. Yeah. I I will say if we're talking about the McCarthy years, I would put that more on McCarthy overall. I think you look at like that Seahawks loss. That's that's more on McCarthy than it's Aaron Rodgers to me, if everyone remembers that one. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is easy to coach. So there's that that's too. fair. He's I I think that's clear. This last this this last game, this was the there's no excuse for it. Because before, I mean I remember Keith posted in the group and I'd looked this up like a year prior when I was trying to like come up with my all-time QB rankings. Up until that Niners game, the Packers had scored at least 20 points in every playoff game Aaron Rodgers had started. So you could say he didn't come up when he needed to, but he never really shit the bed. And he shit the bed in that Niners game. And for there's always that classic excuse of, oh, they had the bye, they were rusty. The touchdown drive was the first drive of the game. They weren't rusty. They came out good, and then they sucked the rest of the game. And tons of credit to D'Amico Ryans, that defense, great job. I mean, if, if – People watch the film. There's some open guys, and Aaron Rodgers was not finding them. So, yeah, this feels a little. I mean, I guess every year now is kind of make a make or break legacy wise. Like he's one of the greatest QBs of all time. That's secured. But if you're a Packers fan and you want to be able to say this is the best QB ever, or this is the second or third, whatever you want to say, and do that, and everyone you're talking to will keep a straight face, he's got to come through again. One Super Bowl is not going to be enough, especially when you're looking at, I mean, shit, Tom Brady is still right there with Rodgers every single year, and he's got six Super Bowls. Does he have seven Super Bowls? I don't he's even got, remember how many Super Bowls he has. He's got two. It's seven. It's seven. That's three, of, three of which should come with an asterisk, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, yeah, Rodgers has to come through. I, I think actually one of the fascinating things about this Green Bay team is it's kind of designed like an old-school Patriots team. It's like, all right, we're going to have a good offensive line. We're building up the defense. It should be really good. And, you know, for Tom Brady back then and Aaron Rodgers now, it's you've got to figure out the passing game. We're trusting you to just elevate whoever we put out there to give us enough because we're investing in the rest of the team. So, yeah, that, this is a fascinating – strategy compared to like what we've historically seen from them um packers loss <clears throat> in Devonte adams yeah 34.3 percent of their receiving yards 30 percent of their receptions 29 percent of their targets and he was top 10 in every major receiving category in packers history yeah. i would say that is that is probably the definition of irreplaceable <laughs> and um, right they're, they're, and I get and why they, they lost their passing game coordinator and QB coach. So I know Aaron Rodgers is is in his 20th season and back-to-back -back MVP. 
But I mean, good luck with that because he's he's a head case. He is not Tom Brady when it comes to the mental aspect of things. Um, and he's already on record telling people like, if you don't catch the ball, you're getting benched type stuff. I'm sure that's going over well for his uh, young receiving core trying to build some confidence. <laughs> so, so uh, good luck, man. Good luck. That over under is at 11 and a half. I think their defense will be a lot better this year. I think. I think uh, this could be a really good defense. Yeah, I think Kenny Clark is gonna gonna start getting his name in um, everyday households on Sundays because he's a pretty big. He's he's a beast. He's a big guy and he's pretty solid. He ain't Aaron Donald, but he's good. Um, so I think um, with him and up front, uh, something that they haven't had in a long time, um, and being disruptive as a nose tackle on on both the run and the passing game. I think that's going to set the tone for them. If they can stay healthy, they stay healthy in their secondary. They've got some guys that can lock you up. Um, just, just old school man to man, which is oh, yeah. great. Jarrah Alexander is yeah. or, is as good a corner as there is the end. I mean, he's right up there with the Rams of the world. He's yeah. right. There. The offensive line is still really good. I mean, I guess Bob stay Josh, hurt. Uh, stay hurt. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about. What's his name? Bakhtiari? How do you say it? I I I believe it's Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. uh, Devondre Campbell was... Let me me rant on this bullshit here. Bakhtiari had the audacity to be rated a 98 or something like that on Madden. Like, he never fucking played. No, he's not even in the same category as Trent Williams. It's it's not even worth discussing that. I was more more offended that he was he was ahead of um I think he was ahead of, uh, of Tyron Smith and my boy uh Quentin Nelson. Like what the hell? He doesn't well, play a guard, so it doesn't matter. This dude don't play. He don't right, play. Injury is not a factor he in that really. play. I know this so, because so I so whoever player always whoever a 99 set, injury. Whoever sets the <laughs> damn ratings, what are you basing that on? What are you basing? He hasn't played in two fucking he years. He is that good when he plays, though. When he plays? When does he play? And if, right. you, if your sample size is two games, if your sample size is two games, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, if I could if I could pick two games where Jimmy G played, there are probably times where he's probably a 99, too. You know? like, But what's the total value of him as a player? Like, when he actually plays, if you take all the games that he's played, because it ain't much. I, mean, I think there should be a base. Twelve line. games two years ago. Two years ago. Two well, years ago. Year, we're not counting last year. So the year before last year, twelve games, and he was. I mean, you can argue that wasn't enough, but he was an All-Pro in those twelve games. How many games he played last year? Well, one game last year. Okay. How many? But he, he played at he, least twelve every other year. So where is like, he starting at this year? Where is he starting at this year? On injured reserve. All right. What? Well, to bring that up, though, I think the one big regret that probably ever Packers fan and secretly probably the whole organization right now is they're they're regretting taking a D two wide receiver over George Pickens. I feel like that was probably that felt like a mistake at the time. Looks the boy like from um, from uh, Georgia, Georgia State, or so no, they, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about that. Didn't they take yeah. Yeah. Christian they Watson him, yeah. over State. Pickens? Yeah, that was who's really been stupid. injured the entire offseason so far. Well, I mean, he wasn't me, even in that conversation with dude. If you ask me, if you ask me, I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm just saying when I looked at Trey Burke in person in Arkansas, and when I looked at his uh, like I did a scouting report on him, I was like, dang, he's got Devontae Adams type skill set. 
would have been a good match. Just saying. Was possible if they had tried, but they didn't. They didn't because that's what the Packers do. They don't, they don't, they don't do the things that other teams do uh to get better. Yeah, they just they just do things their way. They don't they don't take chances, they don't trade up, they don't trade down, they don't really hit free agency hard, you know. They just just have this like homegrown approach. So I mean it is what it is, but but this is also a team that, at least in the uh, the current last current era with this coaching staff, they win more. They've won more games than like the metrics say they have every year. Yeah, and that's probably a good sign. That I mean, a it's a sign that they have Aaron Rodgers, and b it's a sign that they have a better coaching staff than they did with Mike McCarthy. At the same time, though, I don't I don't think this is your fourth straight year of thirteen wins. And it's also a sign that they've played in a division with the Bears and the Lions. Yeah. yeah. And and the up and down Jekyll and Hyde fucking Vikings. Like it, it, they <laughs> they've always had it easy in their division for like the last like six, seven years. Like yeah. uh and then when they then when they venture out and they gotta play a real team in the playoffs, they get beat. And then everybody's like, Aaron Rodgers is a fraud. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, he's gotta wait three, four months before he plays a real team, and that's what happens. But Vikings. So, so wait, are you are you with me on the under? Oh, uh, on the under? Yeah, I, I can't wait to fade uh, Aaron Rodgers. I just – I mean, just out of spite. I, I hope he gets a wild card and he has to come to San Francisco and play. I would love it. All right. I like it. <laughs> um, Vikings. New coach, Kevin O'Connell. Um, O'Connell comes from the McVay tree, uh, which features Green Bay coach Matt LaFleur, Cincy coach Zach Taylor, and Chargers coach Brandon Staley. Woo! So, no. <laughs> so, I mean, there's clearly a reason to be optimistic. However, he inherits Kirk Cousins, who's still getting COVID for some reason. Um, <laughs> it's not vaccinated. Man. Yeah, I, I know, but Jesus, <laughs> like, I know people is not vaccinated. They're not getting it on a weekly basis. And then well, he, he uh, just thinks God is going to protect him wherever he goes. He's got that crazy pastor father. So I don't even think that's a good excuse because oh, it's not a good excuse. God, God <laughs> forsakes him every Monday night, so he should know that there are some things that he's got to do on his own at some point. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I literally put on my notes: need cousins not to lose games. That's it. The team was two and five in games decided by less than four points. That is not how you cut it. So if they're eight and nine, and in in seven of those games they were two and five, like that's a that's a playoff swing. Like they essentially would have been a playoff team if they'd have won, if they'd have even won um, three more games in those close games. And a lot of that has to do with with their offense not executing. There is rumors. A uh, little bit, a little bit of smoke from um, from folks on Twitter, the um, like the PFF people and things like that. Pro Football Talk, PFT, sorry, Pro Football Talk. Um, that this might be Thielen's last hurrah if he doesn't tighten up. Which yeah. I don't believe that, but I'm just, I mean, I don't believe it. One because if O'Connell really comes from the McVay tree, these dudes gonna eat. <laughs> they're gonna yeah. get they're gonna get a lot more space to operate in. I just think he just needs to just needs to get healthy. Like I think that's one of the things about a lot of these guys, they just don't allow themselves to get healthy. And um I think that really that really hurt them last year. 
his injury is typically, I think, his ankle. So, I mean, he's a guy who's typically dependent on cutting and, and shifting and things like that. So if you got a cranky ankle, it's going to make it a little difficult for you. Uh, but Jefferson should be fine. Uh, Dalvin Cook, again, if the guy's from the McVay tree, I'm optimistic. Offense ain't going to be a problem as long as Kirk Cousins just doesn't trick it up. Yeah, to your point about Thielen, those first 11 games when he was healthy, if you prorate those out to a full 17-game season, it would have been 97 receptions, 1,060 yards, and 15 touchdowns. So, yeah. I mean, listen, are his best days behind him? Yeah, he's you know he's a white dude in his 30s. He's not going to be as spry. But the attention's on Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen can still be a very good number two wide receiver. I think Dalvin Cook is a guy where I think in fantasy, a, a weird number of people are sleeping on him considering how talented he is. Um, Ed Donatel is the new defensive coordinator. They're switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4, but I don't, you know, are going to see a lot of too high safeties. He's a Fangio guy. That's where he was last year in Denver. So I think that defense is still, I mean, I guess last year, part of the reason that Zimmer's gone is because that defense fell off. But if the old guys, if Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, those guys can come through, I think that defense can be solid. I, I, it really comes down to Kirk is does he execute when he needs to? Because like you said, I think Justin Jefferson set up for potentially an insane season. Because I personally I think he's more talented than Cooper Cup and now you're putting him in the same role. He could go off. So I'm excited about what this offense can do. I think if Cousins plays well in the big moments, because that's all it is. It's not like he's never he's not usually terrible. He's not usually great. He just kind of is that like 14th best quarterback in the NFL every year? But if he, the thing, if things break right in the key moments, they can take this division. Because I, I think Green Bay takes a step back this year, at least as far as wins and losses goes. So I think there's a chance, but it's hard to feel confident because it's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I will say this, though, about um, the Cooper Cup thing. Um, he's by far one of the smartest receivers I've ever oh, heard talk. <laughs> I think that's really – that's probably his greatest asset. It's not his talent, it's his mind. I and mean, he's definitely talented, but just, like, the way he broke down the, the one time that he was talking to the lady – I guess I forgot what she asked him, but he was talking about, like, how he saw it was a fire zone and he did this, this, and this, and this. I'm like, bro, right. you you the quarterback. <laughs> you the quarterback. And if, if you got a receiver that smart, man – that knows how to operate within space and you're giving them like option routes and things like that. And you ain't got to worry about much. Like you just know, he's going to do the right thing. I, I don't think Jefferson's not smart either. Jefferson's definitely yeah. I mean, up well, there. So yeah, you're going to be that cup is like, a yeah, smart yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do. Um, defensively. I will not hear any slander on my boy Fangio. I think he plays a great bend, but don't break type scheme. And yeah, as long right. as they, as long as they've got, uh, as long as they've got edge rushers, or as long as they can develop like or generate pressure in that defensive scheme, you're going to be fine. He doesn't like the blitz a lot. I don't know if this guy will, will, will throw wrinkles or, fit, or switch it up, but Vic typically likes to sit back and and bring four to five guys with pressure. And, and if he can do that, just, just to be clear, Big Fangio is not a defensive coordinator. But it's it's Ed Donatel who was yeah 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 no yeah I know. yeah it's not not to be clear and there's no yeah there. I just wanted I just wanted to to shout out my yeah because no Fangio's great 
I felt bad when he left. I didn't want him to leave. I actually lobbied for him to be our coach, which probably wouldn't have worked out either. But either way, Vic Fangio is a good guy. Yeah, um, um, Daniel Hunter, their best pass rusher, missed the last 10 games last season. So I think getting him back, getting him healthy, that's a big difference on that defense. Over, under, eight and a half. That's a definite over for me. As much as I just talked about how you can't ever feel confident in Kirk Cousins, I believe in enough in what this offensive system is going to do. And I think as much as I respect Mike Zimmer as a defensive coach, I think he was always holding back that offense a little bit, even even accounting for Kirk Cousins. So I, I like the over. I also think they have a pretty easy schedule overall. So Let me see. Let me check their schedule real quick. Let me say eight and a half. Um, let's see. Oh, they only have one Monday night game, so yeah, they're good. There you go. I, I, love, <laughs> I love, okay. Some of the games, Saturday night game. Oh, who is it against? It's against they got Monday night. They got, like, they got a London game. That's actually that, and that's a win because that London game is against the Saints. That would have been at New Orleans. I'm not betting on Kirk Cousins in New Orleans. Yeah, her cousins in England, sure, and it, and you know it's wild. Like, out of their seventeen games, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them are at at uh, the one o'clock spot. So, That's even right. the league, even the league knows that they can't put Kurt in prime time. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'll take the over. I'll take the over there. So that has been the AFC NFC uh, North. Uh, we will. I'll talk to him we'll figure out what we're gonna do on sunday morning but i'll try to advertise a little bit better apologize because i had i think we we were on the separate divisions or i was on the wrong division then i had the time wrong but my internet didn't work yesterday because all the students came back to tucson so yeah so we'll we will have everything straight for sunday um in the meantime anybody that you saw week one preseason that stood out to you anything I honestly, I, I barely pay attention. I, okay. every, everyone overreacts. Like last year, it was like, oh, are we sure Jamar Chase is good? Because he dropped two passes. In <laughs> like, Let's not bring up Jamar Chase. I, like I there's – stick to your – unless something real uh, – Daniel Jones' first preseason game, he was like 11 of 12. So the only thing that stopped him in that game was lightning. So listen, stick to your priors. Don't overreact to especially week one of the preseason. If – if the so third string guy has a Victor Cruz three touchdown game, hey, that's exciting. Maybe that guy will make the team. Maybe he turns out to be an okay player. But in general, just don't overreact. Just hope your team gets out healthy. That's all that matters. Yeah, I um, I don't have anybody in particular. Um, I, I I did watch a lot of it just because. I mean, for for me, I need preseason because I need to get back into the mindset. Like. That's fair. I, I, I've been looking at a lot of college stuff and then, you know, NFL comes up and you just kind of have to oversaturate yourself with football because that's what it's going to be like for the next like five, six months. But um, I was um, I was laughing at the Malik Willis stuff because yeah. because Vrabel shut that down immediately. <laughs> and then also laughing at the fact that the Ravens still continue to play so hard in preseason. That's that is that is the one thing that I actually am paying attention to. I'm it's, like, will someone finally beat the Ravens in the preseason? Is it up to 20, 21 games now? I think it's 21. Yeah, right. that's incredible. Incredible. 
Well, all right. We will see you guys on Sunday. Thanks again, Joe. I'm waiting on you to change your handle to Joe the Brain Max. Um, and then at Staley and, and tell him that he needs right. to uh, <clears throat> understand football better. No, Stay the course because they're winning. Yeah, no, nah, he's they're go. not winning. No, no. <laughs> I guess we're gonna be doing AFC West. We can get this out of here real quick. All right, man. I'll see you uh, on Sunday. All right, have a good one.